Hi there. This is the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen, your host. I am so happy you can join me today. If you're looking for more info about this podcast, I want to be sure to tell you that you can hop on out to womaninspired.com. I mean, you might be looking for someone to speak at your next event. I'm scheduling for 2024 and even into 2025. So don't hesitate to ask. So you can go to womaninspired.com or you should be able to access the show notes on this show. So whatever app or program you listen to the podcast in, there should be some show notes underneath it. And there's some direct links right there to my website and to my social media. Okay, let's get right into what God put on my heart to share with you. It concerns evil. And let me say that while you hear many people talk about how there is evil in the world or how this person or that person seems so evil, there are still an enormous number of people, those who call themselves Christians and those who don't, who do not believe in the actual entity, the reality or manifestation of the devil, the evil one, Satan, Lucifer, the enemy, the king of lies and king of deception and temptation and death. I'm sure there's more names for him than that, but not as many or wonderful as the names of God, but I'm sure there's more names than that. But the Bible is more than clear on who Satan is and that he is very real and a real part of life that we must contend with, whether we like it or not. It's there because there is true evil in the world. And if you're uncertain and you're just kind of picking and choosing which parts of the Bible you want to believe, I encourage you to pray. Just pray for the Lord to show you things that you need to know to open your eyes to them so that you understand. Show you where you need to open your mind, your heart, your soul to truth. Show you how to sharpen your discernment so you're able to understand that while the devil can't win because we know who wins in the end, the battle against him is very real and it can be a daily battle. If you just take a look at the, the armor of God alone, in Ephesians, you'll see how the Bible outlines what evil does and why we need to armor up against it. But that is not even close to being the only place in the Bible that talks about Satan or evil. And while my quest is not at all to give glory or credit to Satan for anything, including anything in this podcast, sometimes we have to discuss the demon in the room. We have to call out the darkness that's there and remember that it only takes a small amount of light to cast out the darkness. So I say all this to preface today's episode. Today I'm going to talk about resisting evil. This episode is titled, Resistance is Not Futile or Futile, whichever way you want to say it, but I have Captain Picard in my head and the Borg. So yes, I'm a I'm a turkey. Okay. Resistance is not futile. All right. Let me, let me start off as I always do with a few pod quotes. Serenity under the rush and roar of unexpected evils is a precious gift of divine love. I will repeat that again. This is by Charles Spurgeon. Serenity under the rush and roar of unexpected evils is a precious gift of divine love. Here's another one. This one's by Gregory Maguire. She wasn't afraid of doing good or of resisting evil. She was merely afraid she might not be able to tell the difference. That one kind of hits you, doesn't it? Well, it does me anyhow. All right. So you might be wondering, considering at the recording of this episode and probably when you're listening to it, we're in the middle of the most joyful time of year, 
between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the time of Advent, you know, waiting with wonderful expectation for the arrival of Jesus and, and celebrating his birth. And then why in the world am I talking about evil instead of just talking about plain joy and a baby in a manger and St. Nicholas and humming big Crosby tunes? <laughs> I, I am doing that as well. But for this podcast, it's because during the holidays, we seem to be more susceptible to being under attack and to letting attacks take us down because the holidays are a joyful time and a time for fun and family and friends and laughter and focusing on the joy of Christmas on, on the arrival of Jesus Christ. These are things we should actually focus on every single day, but still this is the time of the year where human beings as Christians have set aside to celebrate and enjoy and to worship and praise in a big way. And because of this, this joy, this peace, this love and faith that we have, we become big targets of the devil. Don't, don't, you know, think twice about it. Don't make any bones about it. He does not like this time of year. There's no way that he can. So I'm wondering though, if you know that the Bible says that if you resist the devil, he will flee. James 4, 7 says, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And in some translations, it says, submit yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So do you believe this passage? Do you believe it to be true? Okay, I confess, there are times in my life I felt like, no way. <laughs> Satan just keeps pummeling me and poking at me and tripping me up with one thing after another, after another, after another, and he won't leave me alone no matter what I do. I felt like I was resisting him. I absolutely did. I really felt like I did. You know, I, I learned over the years how to spot his tricks and to discern what was of him and the ways he attacked me over and over again. I learned that. Usually it was the same way over and over again, or very similar each time because he's not creative. So I was aware and, and I'd keep pushing through an attack no matter what. I just, I just keep moving forward. I wouldn't let it take me down. So I, I even got to where I did the whole Priscilla Shire war room monologue. If you haven't seen that movie, you should watch that movie, The War Room. Um, but I was shouting at Satan out loud uh, that he was not going to get to me, to me or, or stop me or get me down. And there's there's definitely something to be said for grasping a strong hold of that kind of spiritual power and authority that, that were offered and declaring to the evil one that he cannot and will not take you down or your family down and he has no place in your life. Definitely. However, I don't say this lightly or without personal experience. If you keep, let it, keep letting Satan back in, it doesn't matter how many times you muster up the strength to pretend you're Shirella, uh, Priscilla Schreier and verbalize your resistance because then evil will see that you're all talk and you aren't truly resisting right? I don't know if anybody else has been there, but I have. So you, your spiritual authority and walking in the strength that comes from the Lord cannot be just lip service. And it cannot be something that you put out there and, and say you're strong in and then turn around and run because you're afraid. It's not one of those, I'll fake it till I make it propositions. Satan knows when you're faking it. If you're a target for his arrows, He's tempting you, pummeling you and trying to stop you in your tracks, trying to keep you from walking in obedience or in hope and faith. He's going to pay attention. He's attacking you because he can see you're up to something godly, something good, something amazing that you're being obedient, that you're going to make a difference even if you aren't right now in this, this moment. And he doesn't want that to happen. He wants your soul. He wants you to give up. This time of year, he wants you to forget about joy 
and make you feel as if there is no reason whatsoever for joy. I talked about this in my last episode. He doesn't want you to know, acknowledge, or embrace the truth that Jesus is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And Psalm 43.4 says, I will go to the altar of God, who is my exceeding joy. But the enemy's mission is to kill and destroy. Kill your faith, destroy your joy. He knows he can't destroy Jesus, but he can try to destroy your perception of who Jesus is. That Jesus is a liar, that Jesus doesn't do what he says, that he doesn't keep his promises, that the Bible isn't true. He doesn't want you to believe the Bible is true because then you won't acknowledge that he's Satan and you won't have discernment over what is evil and what is good. And then he's got you. But Satan wants us to put Jesus in the category of a wise man who walked the earth or "Ah, Jesus was a great prophet. That's it. He has spread that lie with so many people who don't believe in Jesus that they can, but they can at least acknowledge as history book dues that Jesus existed. And yeah, he was a good man or yeah, he was a prophet. Nope. Satan wants to kill your joy in this season and make you believe lies like that. And in every season, by the way. But he wants to destroy your faith and make the truth look warped. He won't just work to to make good look evil and evil look good, as the Bible says. He will work to deceive and make the truth seem like a lie. And a lie seem like the truth. So this common enemy that we all have, he works to destroy faith. And as a part of that, destroy our sense of purpose. And let me tell you what, when you are not walking in your sense of purpose, you feel empty inside. When you don't know what your purpose is or who you are in the Lord or that you even have purpose, it's easy to accept the lies instead of truth. But again, the Bible says that if we resist the devil, he will flee. Now I thought for a long time that I was resisting Satan, but then I still felt defeated in so many ways. I didn't understand it. So I started to doubt it. I mean, I'd heard for many years that Satan is a bully. And and a schoolyard bully tactic is a schoolyard bully tactic, no matter who it does it and where they do it. And those attitudes are what he uses. You know, oftentimes a kid or adult will bully someone else because they can, because they get enjoyment out of torturing them and flustering them, seeing them cry or scream, or even making sure someone else is in pain, whether it's physical or emotional pain. And it's true. I have witnessed it, not just in the schoolyard, but in workplaces, in families. I witnessed it in college. And I also have witnessed it as an adult within the church setting. Yep. Sadly, some congregations are playgrounds for adult bullies. They wield some sort of power, they think, due to the committees they're on or how much money they give to the church, and it all goes to their head. They think they own the church and can command the staff as if they're the boss over them and command other people in the church because they have more money than them. And I've experienced that for myself, this ownership that is in the church. A congregant in a church who doesn't act Christ-like and who lords their money and position in the community over everyone else is just a big bully trying to control the church and get their own way. And if you do resist them, don't play with them. They get angry and they try to make things worse. But if you continue to resist them, they will go find some other made up argument and problem to create elsewhere. So I did resist some of those attacks And I saw for myself that the saying is true. 
when I worked in a church, I would resist these people because I didn't want to feed into it for one thing. But I, I watched some people who were older than I, than I was that were around a lot longer than I was and what they did. And they resisted these people. They resisted the evil in them. If you resist evil, it will flee. But there's another part of that scripture too. It says we have to humble or submit ourselves before God. So there will be no true resisting and the devil will not flee unless you actually first submit yourself before God. So what does humble mean? It means not proud, arrogant, or assertive. In other words, don't be assertive with God. I take that to mean, hey, Karen, don't try to push God around and tell him what to do because it won't work for one thing, but realize that he's the one in control. Without him, you have no strength, no joy, nothing. So remember that he's first. He's in control, which goes right along with submit. So in some versions of the Bible or translations of the Bible, it says if we submit ourselves before God, and that means we're accepting. Submit means accepting that he is the authority. And I want him to be the authority because he is anyhow, but I want to acknowledge that. And how about you? I want him to step up on my behalf and I don't want to be the controller and authority of all things, or or even as some people do pretend I am the authority of all things because I'm not. So if I believe what his word says and I humble myself before him and I resist Satan, then Satan will flee. It seems to me that the the scripture here is saying that we have to acknowledge that without the Lord, we won't escape evil. We have to ask him to help us and submit to his authority in the middle of whatever attack Satan has pulled us into. But let's think about what resistance actually is, because this is where I got tripped up. The submission and humble part, that that didn't trip me up. For some people it is. Some people, they're, they're like, oh, I didn't do that part. No wonder. This is where I had an issue was with the resistance because I felt like I was resisting, but I wasn't. There are two parts to the definition of resistance. One is the refusal to accept or comply with something by action or argument. And two is the ability not to be affected by something, especially adversely. Now, when I seriously think about what resistance truly is and what the Bible is telling us about evil, I realize that many times I thought I was resisting Satan but I wasn't, at least not totally. Oh, I did a good job at the first part of the definition of resistance. Um, The uh, refusal to accept or comply with something by action or argument. Uh, I would act out and I would argue. I would refuse to comply with whatever it was that evil was trying to get me to do or keep me from doing for the Lord. I would be complaining about it the whole time. I would whine. I would cry. I would get mad every time he would attack me. For instance, nearly every time I have a speaking engagement, I have technological issues. doesn't matter what it's with. It happens. It's something. My phone, the computer, the printer, whatever program I'm working in. This has happened my entire speaking career so far for over 24 years. Technology issues over and over and over again. It took me years to figure out that it was Satan getting in the mix. And I would complain and I would worry and I would get angry again and again and again. And I refused to comply. I was resisting. That's I'm telling myself I'm resisting. I refuse to give up, to walk away from a speaking engagement, even with all of those problems, though it was tempting. But giving up was not an option. So I thought I was resisting. I thought it was resisting him because I would continue to go on, to figure out a way around the things he did try to trip me up with. 
If I couldn't print something out, I would take it to Staples or to somebody else's house or some other place to get it printed out. Or I would write it by hand. If I couldn't post something I needed to post to make an announcement, I would email people or I would call everyone. I mean, these are no small incidents I'm speaking of here. I mean, if if I have to, and, and a lot of times now I don't do PowerPoints, I don't do videos anymore. I don't do any of those things. First of all, I find that people are more engaged if they're not having to look up at a screen. I want them to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying through me. So I don't do that. But also it leaves fewer places for Satan to get in the technological mix, right? So yes, some people could say that it was, oh, this is all coincidence, right? First of all, I don't believe in coincidence. Secondly, I would go six months without a computer issue or a printer problem or a car problem. And then it just so happens on a day I'm supposed to speak at an event. I all of a sudden have issues with more than one of these things at a time. And it happens every single time I have an event to speak at. doesn't matter what size it is or where it is. Every single time with no issues in between. That is definitely not a coincidence, nor is it a coincidence that I would arrive at a church and there would be no heat or the AC had gone out or the soundboard wasn't working or a mic doesn't work every single time. But I didn't give up. Even if I had to read my notes from a paper napkin shooting or shouting, shouting from the altar, kind of shooting daggers at Satan myself in my, out of my mind and, and out of my mouth, whatever I had to do, fanning myself with a bulletin as I sweat through my clothes while I was speaking, it didn't matter. I wouldn't give up. And I thought in my not giving up attitude, I was completely resisting the devil. But he wasn't fleeing. Time and time again, year after year, I kept the faith. I would go into a speaking engagement knowing that a few days ahead of time, I would have to start praying and prepping for the attacks to come, which we're supposed to do. We're supposed to armor up, which is part of just being a target, by the way, that you'll be a target. I got that. So I just kept doing spiritual warfare, but still the attacks came. So I got to the point where I really didn't know if I believed that particular truth in the Bible. It didn't seem true for me, at least. It just didn't seem to hold true for me at all. It took till just the last few years for me to realize what the problem was. I wasn't fully resisting him. I thought I was. Yeah, I was doing some of the things I should do, and I was doing the right actions, but evil was, evil was still getting to me. The enemy had me stressed. I felt it. The anger, I felt that. I was occasionally cussing because I'd get so upset and so mad and so flustered. Tears would happen almost every time. The enemy was getting something he wanted. I would worry that I didn't have everything all together because I had so many other things to tackle because of technological issues. So no, I don't think Satan believed that he would stop me in my tracks because I had proven to him that I would continue to try to do what I needed to do in order to be obedient to God and, and keep the speaking engagements that I committed to. So I realized that was not what he, his purpose was. His purpose was not to stop me. But after a while, I realized he was trying to get me flustered. He was trying to get me to expend all my energy on spiritual battles, to get an attitude, to give up, to give some glory to him by declaring how he attacked me and psyched me out. That's what the attack was about. 
making me less than I was, make, giving me an inability to step back and allow the Holy Spirit to take over because I was trying to control things, because I was trying to fix all of the things and expend so much energy fighting him and then becoming flustered mentally and emotionally, just overwrought. I kept going and I did the speaking engagement, but he got me. He saw over time what the attacks did to me. And he knew that it would psych me out. He knew that he could trip me up in some ways and make me feel defeated before I ever got up in front of anybody to deliver a message that God had put on my heart to deliver to them. He tried like crazy, and I'm sure he will continue to try like crazy, to keep me from letting the Holy Spirit take over and just try to put me in a box where I'm feeling sorry for myself and feeling anger instead of joy over walking the steps that God wants me to walk and and the the love of being on the journey that God wants me to be on. He wants to make me nervous, which that doesn't happen, but he wants to make me stressed. That has definitely happened. So I wasn't resisting him. I was just finding other avenues to work around Satan, all the while sitting in a pit of frustration and anger and making some bad decisions along the way because of it. That was not truly resistance, right? Do you remember what I said the the definition of resistance was? Because when I think about it, what I was doing was not fully resisting. Oh yeah, I like I said, I had the full part of the first part of resistance down, the arguing and and the re, the not being in agreement with. But I was not totally resisting because I did not have the ability to be affected or unaffected by something that he threw at me. The second part of the definition is the ability not to be affected by something, especially adversely. I totally let the attacks affect me in many ways to the point of occasionally cussing, to the point of crying, to the point of being stressed out. I completely flubbed up the second half of resistance because I, <laughs> the definition of it is, is not to be adversely affected by it just to, you know, keep my head where it needed to be, my eyes focused on Jesus, not the stuff, and I didn't do it. So what I've learned now though is that is is what true resistance is. And when I submit to God and I let him be the authority in my life that he is, and then I resist the devil. The devil does flee. I can't just ignore God in the process and then rebuff the devil with anger and righteous puffiness. I have to actually do what the scripture says. So let me share with you something. The latest speaking engagement I had as an example, I didn't have technology issues at all. Not once. I didn't have other issues that he normally doles out either. He did start to plant a seed and whisper to me the idea that, hmm, maybe just maybe I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. So that's why he wasn't attacking me. I didn't have technological issues. I didn't get angry. I didn't get upset. Everything was smooth. So the thoughts kept coming at me like little fiery darts. Satan didn't care what you're doing, Karen, because you aren't going to reach anyone or affect anyone anyhow. But that wasn't the case either. I went forward. I was as obedient as I could be. I submitted myself in the entire night to God. And when I stepped back and let the Holy Spirit flow through me, I delivered the message that God put on my heart. And even in this smaller group of women, 
I had some women come up and share things with me that no one has ever said to me before after a speaking engagement. One person who had um, heard me speak uh, several other times said, wow, I have never heard you talk like that before. That was different than any other speech I've ever heard you make. So another person said to me that she had been raised in a church that did not emphasize Bible study. She didn't know about several of the things I had talked about that night, but for the first time ever in her life, she came away from that event with a desire and a thirst to study her Bible. She thanked me for that. And that, that made me tear up. You know, I did what the Lord wanted me to do. So the fact that I didn't get attacked with all of those technology issues and all of these same repetitive things that have happened in the past that Satan normally uses to try to get to me was absolutely not because I wasn't in God's will. It was not because I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. It was because I resisted the way I was supposed to resist without attitude, without being adversely affected, without being primed and ready for a few days of me cussing and fuming and fussing over everything. And so Satan had to flee. I love the pod quote that I shared earlier. Serenity under the rush and roar of unexpected evils is a precious gift of divine love. Because that's what I experienced during the speaking engagement, a serenity and a peace that came from God's divine love. And because I was prayed up, prepared, humbled, I sought God well before the speaking engagement and didn't let things adversely affect me or fluster me. In fact, I didn't even acknowledge or hear the roar of evil this time. So the unexpected attacks didn't happen. And the unexpected, well, if it did take place, I was in too much of a place of humbleness to give it even a second thought. I was just relying on God and I trusted him. So Satan did indeed flee. He had to flee because number one, I humbled and submitted myself to the Lord. And number two, I didn't argue and refuse to give in. I did as the definition of resistance states. I didn't let any impending real or perceived subtle or strong attack affect me adversely. And so I came to the conclusion not long ago that what it says in the Bible is absolutely 100% true. If you submit yourself to God and you resist the devil, devil, he will flee. Resistance is not futile. Perhaps in Star Trek with the Borg and the Borg's attitude, the Borg thought that resistance was futile because she was going to take over all human beings if she had her way. But I will say in the end, it was not futile for me or for Star Trek either. Captain Picard got away from the Borg. The Borg did not win. And yes, I'm a nerd. I'm a Trekkie and that's okay. Whether you've ever watched Star Trek or not, I think most people are familiar with the term resistance is futile. But I'm here to tell you that resistance is not futile. It is not futile. It's mandatory. And this holiday season, my husband and I were able to put into practice this scripture because we determined though times have been tough this past year and our emotions are all over the place at times, that we will walk in the joy of the season, that we will let the joy of the Lord be our strength. And when one of us is heading down the slippery slope of sadness and pity because the kids are no longer little ones and waiting Christmas morning for gifts and hot cocoa isn't there anymore. We will remember our joy because it doesn't come from the packages under the tree and fun Christmas music. It comes from the one whom Christmas was named after and the reason we celebrate. We'll do all of those other fun things anyhow, but we won't let the attacks get to us. The reason we have the ability to resist evil and when my grumpy gritch 
Grinch, uh, a.k.a. husband, starts to grumble over all the people who, mingling and shopping, going crazy during the holidays, uh, get to him. I remind him that we have to submit to and do and be wherever God calls us to be and then let him handle the crowds for us. Give us the patience and the sweet spirit of the season, Lord, um, because it's available to us. And that way we can face the holidays with joy and peace and resist because resistance is not futile. And if we continue to resist, the devil will indeed flee. And you will be able to embrace the holiday season and all of the love and the fun and the family and the worship and praise for what this season reminds us of for the reason we have the season so that we can mark and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and the second coming that is going to happen. So I hope and pray that you're able to focus on that, that you will resist, that you will delve into the Bible. If you're not sure and you're not clear on what to believe about evil, I hope and pray that you will open your heart and mind and believe what the Lord tells you to believe, not what the world says, not what old family traditions say, not what this church or this denomination or that denomination says, but what the Bible says. So do your homework and uh, sit with it in the Lord and pray and he will guide you. So I thank you for that. And I pray that so far you are indeed having a very happy Christmas season. Thank you for tuning in to the Woman Inspired Podcast. Till next time, I pray you have a blessed week. 